welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Join our weekly adventures as we rock the whiskey world. We will be bringing you whiskey-related news and gossip, discussing latest bottle releases, and of course, tasting our way through delicious drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road to visit some Scottish distilleries, and let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. Okay, so the episode we have been waiting for, today we are hosting both Sam and Harry from Cask 88 to follow up on some of that cask buying chat and it's a Whiskey Sisters podcast first that we have four on the microphone in one go. (laughs) (laughs) See how that goes. Yeah, if we talk over each other and it's a shambles, then hey, just... Have an extra dram, it'll be okay. <laughs> but first, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. As a growing number of food and drink companies have ceased exports to Russia, it comes as no surprise that whiskey giants have done this as well. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible situation, this. Horrendous. Um, obviously, me being from Finland... It's quite close to home. Of course. Um, it's really hard to know what to say, to be honest. It's just all quite upsetting. Absolutely. Um, but it's nice to see that people are taking action and trying to do something. Yeah. Basically, uh, it was Edrington, Shivus Brothers and Diageo who have all halted shipments to the country, to Russia, and uh, suspended all sales as well. And I saw that the spokesperson for Shivas said that their utmost priority is the safety of their colleagues and their families and that they have closed their Ukrainian offices from the very beginning. I mean, just as you say, Inka, it's, you know, it's really difficult to know what to say. All companies, um, they're supporting their employees and focusing on humanitarian relief efforts through donations and other ways possible, which is just lovely. And according to the Scotch Whiskey Association, the exports to Russia are worth a staggering £28 million and £3.3 million also to the Ukraine. On on another news that we've seen uh, last week, mm-hmm. a bit more <laughs> joyful one, I guess. Yeah. Um, last week on International Women's Day, um, Becky Pasking announced the launch of our Whiskey Foundation, which will offer offer qualifications, internships, mentorships, as well as seminars and workshops, um, all designed to help women progress within the industry. So, so cool. And the foundation has also launched an online magazine, The Cut, which will cover career advice, diversity and inclusion initiatives and interviews and so on. That is such lovely news. Yeah. And our whiskey began in 2018 as a social media movement to champion diversity uh, among whiskey drinkers and those within the industry. And like with our whiskey, the foundation's aim is to challenge whiskey's potentially outdated gender image and to help women thrive in their careers. Um, So the foundation is inviting females within the industry to apply for its mentorship programme, spanning areas such as distilling, blending, brand ownership, bartending, ambassadorship, marketing and journalism. Yeah, I I think it was, uh, even if they talk a lot about women, I think it's still more 
oh, I guess they also want to just promote this, uh, like a modern whiskey drinker, yeah. have a place for everyone that's, you know, just inclusive place rather than just being a bit stuffy. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All about inclusion. Love it. Mm. Sam Wang and Hattie Hutchinson. Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters podcast. Um, thanks for joining us today. And I think it would be a nice way to start if you could just tell a little bit about your role at Cask88. Uh, hello. Well, really happy to be here. I'm Sam and I have a kind of nebulous title as the head of content at Cask88, which kind of means that uh, I make a lot of the words that you might read coming out for our products, um, kind of like a tap that you turn on and off when you need, when you need some writing done on something. Nice. <laughs> Just don't leave the tap on too long because you'll get a short novel with it if I'm allowed to go on too long. And then I, I also kind of front the, uh, the Cask 88 lock-in, which is our YouTube channel, um, which is about two-thirds sensible, um, well-researched, respectful whiskey reporting and about a third complete COVID lockdown madness, which... Uh, <laughs> Uh, which has been a lot of fun to make. <laughs> I think I've seen you zooming about in a rather nice Land Rover on that channel. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Defender. <laughs> yeah, I like the train episode. That was a good one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. That was that was a really fun one to do, just sort of <laughs> riding back and forth, uh, drinking whiskey on a train. You, know, you don't get many opportunities to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Harry? So I am a, officially a sales manager at Cask88, um, but my role is less extensive and exciting than Sam's on many days, <laughs> but I am also responsible for basically looking after um, my clients and their casks and kind of making decisions on, on, on what we do with their casks. Um, and yeah, similar to what, what we've done, Jennifer, and mm -hmm. kind of what I think you covered a little bit on the last episode uh, and kind of plans for the future. Yes, I have been a client of Harry's and hopefully not too difficult a client for him. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. And what should people focus on when choosing a cask? You know, should they have a clear plan from the beginning or can these decisions be left later? I think kind of definitely it can be it can be quite open-ended the great thing about whiskey is it's you know it's it's such a long-term uh kind of thing to buy nothing's happening in a rush whiskey cask maturation is you know a long process as you know <laughs> so one first kind of clear thing i like to ask my clients is if they know whether they want to eventually bottle it or whether they want to potentially hold on to the cask for a few years and then maybe sell it on again that's a good kind of first part to know and be able to separate you know what what might be their motivators yeah but equally a lot of my clients have absolutely no idea um and that can be quite exciting <laughs> too and actually there's no you know there's still fantastic cask options for them um and it can be quite fun just having a really open-ended yeah. plan and, and yeah well, it's nice kind to hear i'm not alone and not knowing exactly <laughs> what's gonna happen <laughs> exactly yeah. that's kind of what the one of the things that i found a little bit scary and i haven't taken the leap yet just because I don't know what I want to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things that you kind of should know when you're going in because those are the things you can't change. So where it was distilled, whether it's petered or not. But then once it's in the cask, it's a nice slow process. And yeah. if you want to, you know, um, change it into a different style of cask or decide on what it's going to look like if you're bottling it, that you have plenty of time to think about. Yeah. So do you recommend certain casks or um, how does it work if someone has a request? 
are you able to source different casks? I mean, so quite often people will, will say to me, you know, I, I really like um, Macallan and um, I'd like, you know, to buy something like that. And for example, that's, you know, a good example because obviously Macallan casks are, are very, you know, at the top end of kind of expense. Um, so that gives me a good idea of what kind of style of whiskey they like to drink. So it's, you know, often then we're looking for Spaceside casks. And then I'll be able to offer them some sort of distilleries that typically produce whiskey with a kind of similar flavor profile, but at a much more affordable price mm -hmm. if they're looking to drink um, and bottle it. Um, so yeah, definitely we make recommendations. And some of our clients actually know, you know very little about whiskey. They just come in mm -hmm. and they kind of heard it's a fun thing to do or an interesting thing to do. And some of them, you know, more like you guys have a, a pretty clear idea of, of what you want when you come. So we just kind of give as much advice so as, quite as varied in the levels of understanding that people are approaching you with definitely definitely yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah make sure that we know our stuff going in um because some people need just sort of a little bit of well some people bring all the enthusiasm <clears throat> and knowledge themselves and uh you just sort of not long like yep that sounds that sounds great that sounds exactly like the kind of thing that we can help with and then some people like so you know give me some advice here um what, what what's good what, what's this place known for and if we can help with that that's one of the funnest things and you guys helping with that kind of leads me on to the next question in terms of how much help does cask 88 offer when it comes to the mechanics such as storage or bottling transfer so the sort of general benefits of using a kind of broker so i think again something you touched on last um or the last episode i listened to jennifer um so one of our kind of proudest recent additions is um the use of a, a warehouse exclusively for our clients up in, in space side <laughs> if that's like craig Ellicky. um and this is huge for us because you know previously and at, at any other broker in the uk at the moment you know we'd have clients casks all over the country in kind of huge racked mm -hmm. warehouses part of big distillery groups and you know for us it was it was fine uh, kind of at the beginning but then a client you know like yourself would say can we get a sample of this drawn mm -hmm. and you know try yeah. it and something very simple like that was taking you know up to a year sometimes because these wow. you know, these guys are dealing with tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of casks at a time and a single cask owner is not of great interest to them so you know we've got this amazing facility now um traditional dunwich warehouse we can have clients come and visit we can have samples drawn um re-racking the cask which means just you know like yours has has been done it's changing um the whiskey and moving it from one barrel into a new barrel yeah. um, of your choice we definitely are kind of quite proud of being able to help with a lot of the kind of mechanical side of of the, the whiskey mm. One thing to add to that, though, because we've got the casks in traditional dunnage, <clears throat> it's still not like a blink of an eye to do any of these things. Mm -hmm. Having been up and <laughs> talked to the guys in the warehouse, if your cask is buried at the bottom of a rack, it's only three deep. But still, it's got to be someone's got to go in there by hand and roll yeah. the other casks away and get the cask out to do the sample. So, if um, if someone is looking to interact with their cask, a little bit of uh, time in advance gives this, the warehouse guys time to breathe. Point to I've, been, I've been in trouble with Davey up at the warehouse before for turning up with too short notice with clients yeah. and uh, getting pretty. Uh, yeah, so very, very well added, Sam. If somebody did want to bottle, um, would you encourage bottling at a certain time or is it very much up to the client as to when they would bottle? So, I mean, yeah, so we, we would definitely help to advise. And again, it depends on our client's kind of level of 
knowledge or experience um usually what i recommend is that we depending on the kind of age and stage of the cask we'd I'd recommend times to draw samples and you know like you guys did with sam's earlier couldn't be there mm. you tried the a cast sample from your cask when it had been about a year in the re-racked cask in the first phil sherry cask. yes so that was a good time to try it um and basically try and keep sampling it um, with the client and then decide kind of together, make a decision on when would be a good time to bottle. So we can yeah, help as much as needed, basically. And how often would you recommend trying? Because obviously you shouldn't probably do it too too many times. Yeah, I mean, it very much depends on, for example, Jennifer's cask, which has been re-racked into a, a first fill cask. Um, you know, they, those first fill casks have a, a much higher influence on the spirit. Mm. So in that case, now with Jennifer's cask, I'd be looking to sample it basically annually, if not potentially slightly more, um, mm -hmm. just just to keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, it already had a good. I saw the sample it had a good level of color. I wasn't lucky enough to try it. Um, <laughs> you guys had all finished it when I got back. But, um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, younger casks that are in you know something like a refill bourbon cask, mm -hmm. it's not going to have quite such an intense influence on the spirit much less. So, you know, we, we usually say, you know, refill bourbon hogshead or butt maybe, you, you wouldn't really need to sample it until it was 10 years old for the first time. Um, and some clients choose to, but it, there's, there's no great necessity to because um, there's no real danger of the wood kind of overpowering the spirit up until mm. that age. That's interesting because the ones that I looked at through a distillery, they said that they would only keep the cask uh, in their warehouse for up to 10 years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> often the kind of new distilleries I've found that are selling casks as a kind of, you know, way of creating some cash flow and a bit mm -hmm. of brand awareness, they're almost always um, selling casks in first fill casks, whether that's first fill bourbon, first fill sherry, yeah. you know, first fill wine, like like Rassi that I heard you talking about. Yeah. Um, so in that case, definitely, you know, there'd be, there'd be bottling earlier and sampling earlier. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of the casks we sell that are kind of straight from, you know, these bigger, more established distilleries, most of their stuff is going into refill bourbon casks, which is suited to kind of longer term maturation. So, mm. um, so I saw also that the, you do portfolio management. Um, so does your clients normally get more than one cask? Yeah, again, it just depends hugely. So we've got a lot of clients that just have one. Um, but then mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, some of my clients that have the most casks have over 50. So um, I'd say a kind of, you know, medium amount is a good number of my clients have three or four and usually they get into that saying they're just going to buy one and then they they get the whiskey bug um, so I don't know, um, yeah well you sort of like if if, if, the, if you have one cask and you've got a plan for it and then you think but but what if what if i was going what if what if i wanted to re-rack into a different style of wood yeah. or what if i wanted to go for a different distillery and all these sort of what ifs um I, I guess it's a bit like tattoos isn't it you get one and you're like <laughs> yeah. really, really i was well. just thinking that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I've, I've, I've heard that that's how it goes and so i think with with casks it's similar once you once you've got your first you then sort mm -hmm. of start thinking more easily about your second and third because there's just such variety and each cask is a completely unique thing in itself um, so the chance to interact with it is, is pretty joyful. And I'm just thinking, you know, I spoke a little bit about, you know, hopefully my purchase being, you know, an investment for myself, but there there are lots of different reasons that people might buy a cask from yourself. Is Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, well, 
I've I've seen quite a few sort of different reasons for cast buying. Um, some of the sort of the heartwarming ones are maybe if um, someone's celebrating the birth of their first child and they buy a cask sort of roughly on or even exactly on um, distilled on the, the or filled on the day their child was born, and then Aww. they're planning when the kid's eighteen to give this incredible gift. Um, either <laughs> here you go, here's a cask. I wish I wish I got that. Yeah, the next generation, Generation Z, are going to get so many great whiskies. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so many fun, very very kind clients who are godparents, parents, uncles, grandparents. And I'm just so jealous of all these children that don't realise wow. what, what they've got coming on their 18th or 21st. So, oh, we've had a, we've had a minor a, dog. Um, I'm going to go claim he's he's found um he's found a, a, a deer antler. I hope none of your nice too. glassware has has bitten the dust there. Whiskey sisters. But then on the other end of the um, scale. Uh, a family their 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 granddad was due to celebrate his hundredth birthday, and oh. so they secretly got a cask and got it bottled. So at his big hundredth birthday bash uh, in Hong Kong, he had his own sort of bottles of whiskey with the the label that his family designed, and that was his his birthday treat, which was pretty amazing. So you know from any 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 anything you want to celebrate at any time in your life, a cask of whiskey can be a very extravagant way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, but you, your company is actually also, um, or you have offices in Singapore. Am I right thinking that? Yeah. So originally, we actually we started in Singapore. So kind of going back to the, the beginning of Cask eighty eight, it all happened quite sort of naturally. So um, one of our founders was out there, and he was basically kind of quite well known in the whiskey industry, and kept bumping into friends um, all across Asia, really. Uh, who are saying, you know, Edward, I'm desperate to bottle, uh, you know, of an old Macallan or an old Beaumont or, you know, quite high-end exclusive casts. And he was kind of going, right, you know, I'll, I'll try and find something for you then. And he was sourcing these, you know, really amazing casts for them to bottle and then kind of accidentally ending up helping with the bottling process as well. Mm. So that's how we kind of was started as a, as a Singapore company first. And it actually turns out, we've, you know, some of our suppliers are based out there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just such a huge kind of whiskey networking area. We then kind of, yeah, sort of naturally fell into becoming more, of, you know, UK based because obviously we, yeah. we've got the warehouse over here now. And we've got two offices in Edinburgh. And also touching on the fact that people were asking for these whiskey to be bottled. Um, that's a bug that you can catch as well. And so though uh, we, we're, we're big sort of providers and, and traders in casks, um, sometimes there are casks that we find that we just completely fall in love with and we want to have our own set of bottles out of those. So we've done some really beautiful bottlings in the past and we're sort of, we're setting ourselves up as independent bottlers as well because we just have access to these really wonderful casks that can turn into bottles with great stories behind them. Yeah, and where, where do you sell these bottles then? That's through our own platform uh, uh, online, so just on the Cask88 website. Be nice the bigger we get if uh, if they sort of start to get a little further afield as well. Um, we did have a, a really beautiful collaboration with the Highlander Inn uh, in Craig Ellicke, um, a, a, a blended malt, um, mm -hmm. the digestive dram, 27 years old with really nice things in it. Total secret, of course, what the recipe of the blend is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get that either with us or if you travel up to um, Craig Ellicke and uh, visit the Highlander Inn, then um, yeah, they've got their own um, collaborative bottles with us there. And oh, it's a beautiful dram. Nice. 
if um, a purchaser of a cask invested or, or whether they're doing it for, for different reasons, if they're not a UK resident, would Cask ATA act as their duty representative? Basically, it, it's the same for, for clients wherever they are. Um, so we have a duty representative in the UK um, since we are you know, a Singapore company officially. Um, so yeah, it, it wouldn't really make a, a difference to be honest. It's, um, it's the same for kind of UK clients and, and for clients abroad. Um, and really kind of nice and simple, which is why, you know, Jennifer, we, we discussed recently the kind of um, cask management system. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it just it just caters for, for clients of all scales. So, you know, someone such as yourself who, you know, currently only has one cask, you yeah. know, can, can do that pretty easily. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, it just would have been completely impossible, basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, really, really nice thing we're able to do, basically. Mm-hmm. How long is the typical investment cycle? Just out of curiosity, do you have a name? So, I mean, clients who are buying, you know, basically with a, with a name of, of, of reselling again in the future, um, they typically um, hold for, looking to hold for somewhere between kind of five and 20 years, I'd say. Okay. Um, it really varies because if they're an older, you know, if they're an older client, um, they're looking to maybe kind of, see the whole process from start to finish in a shorter period but we've got also got a lot of kind of longer younger clients um who are you know in their 20s 30s 40s you know uh and they are typically they've got time on the side and they're typically mm-hmm. looking for a kind of uh, long-term uh, maturation so in those cases it's usually kind of the refill casks you know such you know refill hogshead a refill butt in particular which are really suited to to long-term maturation yeah um and if it's a shorter shorter period, it's usually something that's already got a bit of age. And ideally, if it's been re-racked into a, a first fill cask. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, do you have any other tips for first-time buyers that you would like to say? I'd say go into it with an open mind. Like you mentioned that a lot, a lot of people's first question is, well, I'd like a Macallan, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> obviously, a whiskey that is very limited and... Um, very uh i mean it's, it's one of the harder ones to come by um so there are there are so many distilleries in scotland doing so many exciting things so if you keep an open mind and if you've done some travels around scotland and tried some different things um that you can discover some real gems if you're willing to play around a bit definitely and i i would you know that's exactly what what you did jennifer you know glendallan's a really kind of cool example of that mm-hmm. a little bit off the beaten track mm-hmm. Um, and I would add to that, you know, take your time. Don't, don't, you know, again, like you did, you know, speak to a few different people. Maybe speak to, you know, new distilleries that sometimes sell casks because that can be an interesting route. Speak to a few brokers, get a feel for what you want. Mm. Um, and then also, you know, get a feel for the type of casks that are available. But as a kind of caveat to that, when the right one comes available, mm. you know, snap it up because they, they typically don't hang around. For that reason, you know, Jennifer, you did it in the, the perfect way. You know, you really took your time. Um, but then when the right one came along, you knew that was kind of the perfect one for you. Got it yeah, in the bag. That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that we do. Uh, if you sort of notify your interest in a certain distillery or type of cask, if you don't have it at the time, you know, if you, if, if you wait a, a while, then uh, if the thing comes in, then we've got a list of people mm-hmm. who like, okay, I know who wants this and uh, send out send out the opportunity. Yes. That's exciting. No, I really want to. Like sitting with our purse. I know. Am I right in saying you're you're on the waiting list for a a Rassi cast? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, very excited to see what happens over the next few years. Yeah, they make some beautiful whiskey there. They do. 
definitely do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I've tried all the individual casks, peated and non-peated, and that's why mm -hmm. I knew that, like, I really want to get one. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Is it a peated one you're after? Because I, I got the feeling that you may be uh, quite into your peated. Yes. <laughs> Peter Bordeaux. Peter Bordeaux, that's a combo. Mm, so nice. Or um, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if I get the Peter Tin Capping as well, because that was really nice. It's quite mm. sweet, but that would be good. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting, Inka. Sam and Harry, it's that time when we ask about your dream dram. We want to know what celebrity, dead or alive, that you would share your drink with. So what whiskey would it be and what celebrity would be getting your company? So mine would be, he doesn't need much introduction. Um, he's definitely a kind of whiskey nerd celebrity. Uh, but mine would be Jim McEwen, um, who oh. was obviously master distiller, master blender at Brickladdy, um, mm -hmm. and really kind of revived Brickladdy after it was mothballed. Um, previously, um, very big role at Bowmore. Um, and now he's sort of retired, but I think he's quite busy helping with Ardna Ho, a sort of newer distillery. Yes. Uh, and he's probably got his finger in quite a few pies. So he's, um, yeah, an absolute kind of legend of a man in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I would let him choose the drag. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I, don't, I think it wouldn't be bold enough to suggest the drag yeah. we have. Whatever you uh, want, Jim. Oh, yeah. Now we need to tag him on this episode once it goes live, so maybe we can make yeah. this happen. Make it happen and absorb Absolutely. his wisdom, Harry. I would love to. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely choice. Yeah, I have, it makes me feel like maybe maybe my choice since 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 if 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 um if he's getting name dropped in the episode uh, I'm not going to have that chance because the person I've chosen is actually dead now and has been for a while. Uh, so I won't actually be able to share a whiskey with him even if I wanted to but um it, it, it's Douglas Adams who um just as a as a man of words and someone who sort of takes a look at the world in a slightly skewed angle I think that he would yeah. have some really fun stuff to say about sort of whiskey and the industry uh, and sort of have a really good take because he, you, you can, you can see that he values something done properly. Like yeah. he's uh, like Arthur Dent's search for the perfect cup of tea or becoming the sandwich maker. But um, he hasn't, he hasn't said a whole lot on whiskey and I would love to hear what he had to say on sort of yeah. uh, whiskey and the whole craft that goes into it. I don't actually know who he is. Uh, he's a he's a, a sci-fi author who wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was a radio oh. show, and then and then and then books as well. And it just he sort of he just looks at the sort of the systems of the world and completely um, demolishes them through humour, which um, yeah. <laughs> which I which I really appreciate. So, so Inca, I didn't know either. So. <laughs> so <it's a> more <laughs> There's a theme here because our first guest that we asked that Inca and I were like, we don't know who that was. <laughs> and Sam, what would your drink be with Douglas Adams? Ooh. Would it would it be gauche to uh, choose one of the whiskeys that we bottled? Not at all. Be bold. <laughs> so in, in terms of the whole um, storytelling supporting whiskey, um, last year uh, we put into a bottle, um, something distilled at the Highland Park Distillery 31 years ago, uh, red wine cask, and um, it was in our folklore series. So the picture on the front was this horrific creature of folklore called the Nuklavi from Orkney, which is like oh, a wow. horse with its skin stripped off. Um, it's uh, it, it hates the smell of peat reek and it goes into a wild fury <laughs> if it ever smells it. 
And for some reason, we thought this would be a great ambassador to uh, to, to 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 put on the front of a of a whiskey. So it's a gorgeous whiskey, a completely terrifying, horrible creature on the front of it. Somehow these two work together beautifully, and um, I just I just really like all these sort of these these tales that sort of enhance the story of the whiskey and where it came from. So I, I would choose that because it's absolutely delicious and super dark in its soul. Fantastic. Definitely a talking point. <laughs> <laughs> and if any of our listeners would be interested in, you know, getting in touch with yourself and, and finding out a bit more, how should they how should they go about that? So my name's Harry. So you can just email Harry at cast88.com. Probably the best way of getting in touch. Um and yeah, and our, our website is just cask88.com as well. So we're pretty easy to find. Um, and yeah, and don't basically don't be shy. You know, like I say, we've had clients of complete all levels of knowledge or, or lack of, um, and we're always happy to kind of, you know, help you navigate it. It's quite a, you know, if you're new to whiskey, it's quite kind of overwhelming. Um, so we're yeah. more than happy to kind of talk you through it and no question's a silly question, basically. Mm. I'll add we've got can... uh, a social media presence uh, as well. So um, mm. all the sort of classic social media channels, not TikTok yet, but who knows one day maybe <laughs> start there as well. Whiskey moves with the times. Exactly. And I can verify if people do reach out with questions, you will not be like rabid dogs and attack them with aggressive sales. No, yeah. no, that's very much what we're hoping we're not. Mm -mm. Um, <laughs> I think that's it for today. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for having us on. It's been great fun. It's been a wonderful chat. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you both, um, Harry and Sam. And I think next time we meet, it surely needs to be over a dram. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. Okay, this is a fact um, that many of our listeners will know, but in case there are some whiskey newbies, this one is worth the mention. The angels share. Each year during maturation, around 2% of the whiskey is lost due to natural evaporation. <laughs> 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 All that whiskey chat has gone to my head. <laughs> um, this lost whiskey is called Angel Share. So every year, 2%. It's really, it's a beautiful name for that, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Really nice. But as well as it being, a you know, lovely and um, poetic to, to think about, it, this is a good fact to take into consideration, isn't it? When buying a cask, as it will affect how many bottles you can expect to have once the whiskey is ready to be bottled, because the angels will have had their share. Mm, exactly. And there's no capital gains tax on your profits, as whiskey is considered as a wasting asset due to the possible evaporation. So the angels get it rather than the tax man. Yes. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So we are spoiled for guests as next week we will have a special guest here with us at Whiskey Sisters, the podcast with Stuart Buchanan, Global Ambassador for Glendronach, Benriach and Glenglasa, who will be joining us to chat a little bit about his role and some delicious whiskies. Very exciting, very exciting. And it will give me a reason to go find some Glendronach to sample. <laughs> Any <laughs> I know. I've seen it all over Instagram and I'm like, I'm on some. Yeah, the colour in some of the bottles. So rich and lovely looking, aren't they? Mm, definitely. It looks 
delicious. So yeah, if you have some at home, pour yourself a dram and join us next Wednesday. And meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. And we are also on LinkedIn. Ciao, Jennifer. <laughs> Ciao, Anka. Ciao, Bella. Ha, 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 ha.